0: Hi and welcome to Everyday Impact, a Lifetree podcast inspiring you to take Jesus into your everyday life. My name is Will and today I have a special episode lined up for you guys. I'm going to be joined by a guest co-host and interviewer, Caleb Friesen. Hello, hello. Now Caleb, uh, you're going to be interviewing your mom
1: today. Yeah, I was uh, really happy to get to sit down and just ask her some questions about the journey of parenthood. I feel like I have heard from her over the years, the way God has really revealed himself and shown up in her life through that journey. So we're going to sit down and we're going to hear right from finding out she's a mom to saying, uh, you know, have a wonderful life to adult Hmm. children as they head off into the world in the way that God really revealed himself to her in
0: that journey. I'm excited to hear. Let's take a listen. Let's do it. So, sitting here today with my
1: mom, who I love very much, Lorraine Friesen. Hello. Uh, she is an amazing woman of God, and I feel privileged to be sitting here having this conversation. Um, for those of you who don't know my parents, uh, most of you probably listen to this do know who they are, but for those of you who don't, um, this thing we call Lifetree Church started in their living room uh, over 20 years ago, and around 20 years ago. And it's just a privilege to get to sit here and talk about what we're going to talk about today, because what we're focusing on is how God really revealed Himself to you through the journey of parenthood. So we're gonna we're gonna just kind of go on the journey, starting right from the beginning. So why don't we just um, dive in to when you found out that you were gonna be a mom? Uh, you know maybe tell us a bit about where you were at in that stage of your life and how god started showing up in your life through that
2: uh well in that season of my life i was with uh dad yeah. bruce and uh we were not married we were living of uh, the drug scene yeah. we were night people and uh i kind of knew When I got pregnant, it wasn't a big surprise when it was confirmed by the doctors later. I just, I knew. And some women will know what I'm talking about. And I remember just feeling kind of this impact of, oh my gosh, I have a human being growing inside my body. It was a, a fun season for me and just that there was one woman that I would see regularly and she was so into me being pregnant. It was really cool for me because it gave me somebody to talk to mm. about being pregnant and the marvels of it. I was marveling at it. I quit my uh, illicit scene. Uh, like, okay, I stopped doing drug when I when I found out that I was pregnant right. and I'm very... Glad that I had the wherewithal to do that. And uh, so it was such a joy for me to have this other woman who I could talk about all the developing of this little baby. And and I began to even think of the fact that it's so weird that I have another soul inside of me. Mm. And that started me in pondering life in a different way. A year later, I was pregnant again and um, kind of stunned that I was pregnant so soon. Well, I should say a year later, I had my second baby because actually I would have become pregnant three, three months after my firstborn was there. So my firstborn's Jenny and Rachel is my second. And once I had Rachel... God was very much in pursuit of me.: right. When I look back on my life, I can see was. It, I can see him interacting with me mm-hmm. as early as four years old. I have a profound memory I won't get into, but he was with me. He was with me when I was pregnant with Jenny. He was with me when I became pregnant with Rachel, and about nine months after I had Rachel, I came to know him. He used each one of them in a different way, but there was a point in my life where I was sitting around with a bunch of crazy people. Well, they were my friends, but we were just sitting around, and I became really aware of our behavior and what we were doing. But the reason I was drawn to that was because I had my two little girls right there with me, and I began to think, this is not the way... Everybody lives. Right. There must be a better way to live than this. And I can remember just taking my girls away from that scene, going into my bedroom. Well,
1: and what what was a bit of the scene that was going on there?
2: Well, uh, hopefully I can't get in trouble for this, but you know, if we were. I was cutting lines of coke.
1: Right. So you had drugs out. Drugs and and toddlers present. Yeah, and about six
2: yeah. people around this table yeah. with you know these little girls. And I kind of went above the scene and watched for a minute and just realized how sick we are and came back to the table. Mm -hmm. And um, I looked at all of the people there and said, we're really sick. right Like, this is no way to live. And just took my little girls into my bedroom and holding my little infant, Rachel, and my little one-and-a-bit-year-old Jenny just rocking on the edge of my bed, thinking there's got to be a better way. How do you live a better way than this, you know? And I know it was a call of the Spirit. He was wooing me. So even into my salvation, it was my children who really tugged on my desire to not live like this. Mm -hmm. And um, so... So like I said, when Rachel was about nine nine months old, I responded to the Spirit, and I cried out to him, and he led me to a friend, my the only girl I knew yeah. who was a Christian, and uh, she led me into faith. It was all very active with the presence of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Mm-hmm. He wooed me uh, the day that my girlfriend prayed for me. I encountered him. And that started me with, uh, I just thought every Christian lived like this. Every Christian just spent their days talking with Jesus and living life with him. And and he did that with me throughout uh, all of my child rearing. Right. So you Thanks. so you got
1: radically saved, really, like you and Dad's story and how he got hold of you and the life you got pulled out of obviously people are getting a bit of a picture of that based yeah. on what was going on. You guys get radically saved and pulled into this very like authentic relationship with god mm-hmm. uh, experience of you know the Christian life and church et cetera right um and this is this is about almost a year and a half before I'm born. Uh and so I come into this world into a Christian family. Um and I'm very grateful for you being a part of that. I'm I'm very grateful for life and existence. So thank you, mom. Pleasure. Shout out to all the moms right now who <laughs> uh carry humans into the world. Yeah. And um and one of the things I've always been really impressed by as I hear you share your stories is the way that you fellowship with Jesus. In the midst of like immersed in toddler life and Mm -hmm. young kids, and so why don't you? I'd love you just tell us a bit about that journey and that season of life when you're raising these these little kids, Mm -hmm. you know, pulling at your leg and whatnot.
2: When I look back on my life, I'm I'm really glad for the way the Lord set it up, and so I was a stay-at-home mom, and my support to my husband was, he was a self-employed contractor. Well, he was doing roofing back then. And I always was at home so I could answer the phone. Right. And uh, I look back on that and it was really a gift because what it, it just made it gave me the ability to be interacting with my children. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so there were lots of little moments along the way, like um, my firstborn was uh, very compliant my second child Rachel had a little bit more um, she always wanted to know why so even in me trying to get her dressed she would often fight me she was the kid who came out with you know pants on top of her head and a sweater on her (laughs) legs and just trying to do it herself and there was this particular moment where I was trying to get her dressed, and she just was fighting me on it. So I finally just, fine, here, just do what you want there, you know. Sat there watching her struggle to put these clothes on. And the Holy Spirit just began to speak to me, and he said, you're just like her. Hmm. I was like, how am I like her, you know? like He said, you fight me all the time. What? And he said, I so yearn to clothe you in righteousness in garments from my kingdom I want to lead you into a life that would be so abundant if you would embrace that journey and I remember just sitting there crying because I just was like wow and it also just gave me such an incredible heart for Rachel in uh, that's she was, so I was so like her right. you know and so I, I always found that to be Mm, It was such a comfort in the fact that he was walking right with me in the midst of trying to raise these two little girls. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that that's something that sometimes stay-at-home moms, we can kind of find ourselves getting lost in the mundaneness more laundry. That, that was my big pet peeve. Your laundry is never done because the kid is wearing some more clothes and they're going to have to go in the wash. So I got over that. It's like, yes, laundry is never ending. Um, but just the fact that he's letting you walk with these kids, you're forming them, yeah. you're encountering him and your encounters I mean, Rachel was right there with me crying as the Lord was ministering to me. Um, Mm. So I don't know what he was doing in her. Jenny would have been there too. Um, But it's just like in in our, these days that can seem so hard because when we have an infant and then toddler, it is our first experience of true selflessness. Yeah,
1: totally.
2: And it's the first step into that. And we think they're so hard. But actually, any older mom will tell you, these are some of the most peaceful yep. days of child rearing. And yet they can seem so hard because we have to lay our life down.
1: I, I like what you're saying about how the having these little kids actually draws you into this new level of selfless, you know, self-giving love would be maybe another way one could say it, right? And uh, I was actually having a conversation with someone else today that really triggered this thought in me that like immature children produce mature parents, Yeah, you know, and it's part of the journey of growing up as people and God uses them. And as we're, you know, hearing from you, God was really using those, those years. I've heard you talk also about more of a heart posture that god taught you to have in that season that really helped you engage with him and have this fellowship with him Mm -hmm. in the busyness of momming you want to tell us a bit about about that what did that look like you know posturing your heart before him in the midst of it all
2: i'm not sure if it was an actual like listen this is how you do it more so it was and it, this the way he encountered me yeah. that I believe is available for anybody who right. decides to learn from these. And that is I lived my life in communion with him in right. the sense of I lived my life like he was a person there and I would talk to him about everything. Mm-hmm. And he would strike up conversations with me as well. So, I mean, I would be like oh, what should I do with her, you know, or what should I do with him, or what should I make for dinner? Mm-hmm. I remember one time we were having a fellow over for dinner, and I was making or an Asian dish, and I wanted to put pineapples in it. Yeah. And Spirit just said, don't do that because he's allergic to pineapples. I didn't put the pineapples in, but I kept them to the side, and when the guy showed up, yeah, he was allergic to pineapples. Right never quite understood why the Lord just didn't heal him. But that's what I lived, and I lived that with my kids. Like, what should I make for lunch? What should I do with this? It wasn't like my life was all full of peace. There were very frustrating moments. There were particularly one day, Caleb wasn't... uh, It was the first time Caleb, who was talking to me, had climbed into his own crib... And I was like, just so beside myself. I just didn't really want to touch any one of them because, to be honest, anyone who's got a toddler or older will know the feeling of um, wanting to take your kid and like tape them to the wall or something. <laughs> I mean, you can. Some, I made you feel that way. There were moments <laughs> that you can sort of understand how come people, maybe with less control can hurt their kid. And I was in a day where I don't want to touch them because I'm afraid of myself. So I just said, come on, kids, upstairs, go sit on your beds. Caleb, get in your crib. I put a chair there for him. You can do it. And he clambered into his crib first time. And I said, okay, just sit there. You can cry if you want because that's what mommy's going to be doing. (laughs) I just went to my bedroom just, oh, and it was just like... Why is it that you have given me all these children and I'm clueless what to do? Right. And then he calmed me down. And that was the thing that, as I look back on my life now, he was so ready to give me insight. He yep. was so ready to give me peace. He was so ready to um, interact. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, to all the parents out there who maybe feel like they're in the grind or whatever they want to call it, you know yeah. immersed into it, it's like know that there is actually an encounter with the Lord to be had yeah. in those seasons um, and one of the things even even saying it that way brings my mind to is is knowing if we fast forward in the story now mm-hmm. from like you know these young years. Um, I know I probably was a part of some sleepless nights and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and stress and burden for you as a teenager because I made choices through my teenage years that were very far from probably what you and dad had hoped for. You know, mm-hmm. I ended up in the party scene and, yeah. and drugs and just kind of crazy life throughout my entire teenage life. And so mm-hmm. why don't you tell us a bit about your journey with God in that season of parenting?
2: So I have three kids, and Jenny, my firstborn, she had the gift of being able to actually learn from other people's mistakes. Mm. So she kind of walked a fairly calm life. She didn't give me uh, too much grief. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other two weren't quite in that same department. So both Rachel and Caleb uh, decided uh, they didn't want to go to church anymore. And that was a big, uh, that was a sorrow in our hearts. But when we talked about it, we concluded we're not into making churchgoers. Mm. Our goal for our children was that they would come into a a relationship of their own with Christ. And so we said, okay, you don't have to come to church if you don't want to. And so they started entering into the season where their decisions were leading them. And so, like Caleb said, it led them into a fairly similar situation that we had lived, but fairly young. So, you know, we were always trying to figure things out. We would talk with them. But the big thing came when Rachel actually ended up uh, leaving, running away from home. She was missing for two nights. It felt like an eternity and uh, ended up uh, stealing some mine, just little things like I think a pair of socks or lipstick from some store and ended up at the police department and we went and got her Mm. and brought her home. And she wanted to know right away what's going on. I said, I've got to go and pray because I have no idea what we're supposed to do. So I just went to, again, my bedroom. Mm -hmm. I was like, what are we supposed to do? And just very crying out in earnestness to the Lord. And he gave me a vision. And uh, I don't think I can go into the vision too much, but he showed me a horse that, in my opinion, was running wild. And in the heavens, he said, be still and know that I'm God. And that was my posture. Right. He told me, be still. And uh, I, I came out of that vision, and I said to him, what you're asking me to do is really hard. You want me to take my hands off of her, and I knew he was speaking about you as well. Yeah. You want me to take my hands off of these kids, but they're running wild, and they could run so far I wouldn't be able to see them. hmm and he took me back into that vision and he said, Look here. And I saw that what looked like a huge wild open field was actually contained by a barbed wire fence. I couldn't see the whole fence because it was a vast land. But he said, they can only run so far before they run into me. Mm. And uh and I was so that was calming. And so I came out and Dad and I decided to remove curfews right. uh to give our kids just uh, you've got to own your life you yeah. want to and we just let you and Rachel make your decisions and some of them at times were really difficult
1: dumb very I would dumb. Say dumb Yeah for me I can only speak for myself Rachel you can say whatever you want Yeah Yeah
2: and so yeah It was uh, pretty revealing. But the thing that really he spoke to me about that was get my hands off of you guys. And so there were times, it was five years before you both came back to walk with Christ. And in that five years, I experienced that vision three more times. Mm-hmm. So, in total, I saw that horse four times. But each time it was slightly different. And each time it was revealing to me where you were at, yeah. where you and Rachel were at in your journey, and the posture he wanted me to take. Mm-hmm and over and over and over again it was to trust yep. him yep. Totally. until the very final time that i saw that horse i wasn't even in the picture anymore mm. but uh there were times where i would be like oh my gosh what's with these kids like don't they know i love them don't they know i would like kill for them i would die for them mm-hmm. And I was walking into my kitchen one time saying this, and the Holy Spirit said, yeah, I know, I already did it for them. (laughs) And I just was taken to my knees because it was such an epiphany to me that Jesus actually was in hot pursuit of both of you. Uh, He said to me one time, they don't have a hope but to come to me. Mm -hmm. And he explained to me that there were a lot of people praying for you And even though it looked really dark and it looked, like, really frightening, he was in pursuit of you. And I had to learn to take my hands off and let you run your course and not be afraid of your journey. Right. If there's something I would like to impart to uh, anyone who listens to this is to not be afraid of your individuating kid. Right. Children go through individuating, which means they become aware of themselves. So at two years old, they become aware that they have an opinion. They can say yes or no, and they practice saying no. Mm -hmm. So you just have to give them lots of options. Mm -hmm. I think two, maybe three is enough of what to eat or what to wear. And never ask open-ended questions. You don't want to say to a two-year-old, what would you like for breakfast? Mm -hmm. You say, do you want to have eggs or do you want to have cereal or whatever? And then when they enter into their teen years, they're going through that again. And the scariest part of parenting, I think, is that in that stage of life, a person begins to think for themselves. And so it's very often in those teen years where they begin to wonder, do I really believe this stuff that my parents believe? And And sometimes they have to sort of experiment a little bit with saying, no, I don't think I do. And that can be really frightening for somebody Mm -hmm. who can recognize that that decision can be super dangerous. And so the trickiest part is to not let that fear grip you, but to actually walk with that Mm -hmm. person, Mm -hmm. walk with your child in a way that keeps communication happening. One of the one of
1: the things I'd say, the big thing, and you use the word that sticks out to me when I hear you talk about that season and that part of the story is the word trust. Totally And trust. one thing I would throw out there to parents listening, and I know I've said this to you and Dad before, that I realized this in my adult life, was that the trust that you walked in with the Lord regarding me, I believe actually imparted a sense of... Um, trust that you had toward me, even though maybe I wasn't showing anything that would deserve that trust. Mm -hmm. It was like, there was this message being sewn into me that was like, I trust you to make good choices. Even though you're not making good ones right now, I trust that you can. And I actually think that really put something deep and important in my life uh, because of your trust in the Lord. You know, it did, it did something in me. Um, so so the big takeaway for these crazy dark teenage years is in simplicity, trust the Lord.
2: Totally. We have got to trust that his love for our child yeah. surpasses ours. Yeah. Yeah. He's already done the work. Yeah. He hasn't forgotten about them. And he's with them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in hot pursuit of yeah. them. Yeah. Doesn't mean that we don't feel it. Mm-hmm. There was a huge lesson that he taught me one time, which was to not pray in fear. Yeah, and I was—I uh, thought I was being gripped by intercession, and the Spirit said, "Stop praying." And he said it so firmly, it, I just like was yeah. shocked. And what he explained to me is that when I was praying in fear, mm-hmm. that I was actually uh, walking into the enemy's camp. Mm-hmm. He he said that I was cursing the situation. Right. And he said, deal with my heart. So like, deal with your heart, Lorraine, and I will put your child on the heart of someone who can carry them to me in faith. Mm-hmm. So in those moments, I learned, and this carries into any, anything in life, you might be afraid of finances, you might be concerned for your child or you. Someone else, or whatever the enemy, one of the enemy's uh, ground is fear, yeah. and he tries to impose that on us. And so, when it comes to our children, it was like I had to say, Lord, I'm so afraid, I don't know where they are, I don't know what they're doing, I can't fix it, and on and on. And I just went on and on about all the things that were going on inside my heart. And about 20 minutes or so into that exchange with him, I switched. It's like writing a psalm. You read psalms. It's all about all the awful things. And then there's this moment where it goes, but you, Lord. And that's what happened to me. I didn't know where you guys were. I didn't know what you were doing. I had my suspicions. Mm -hmm. But I gave all that to the Lord, confessed it, and then I said, but. You can walk with them. You know exactly where he is. You know what he's doing. You know this. You know that. And I trust, and I just kept giving you guys into his care. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so... God always God works in truth. He works in honesty. He's not looking for the right prayer for us to pray. He's looking for an encounter with us. Mm -hmm. He knows what's in our heart. He can only he what the way for him to heal those things is by us being able to see them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so he'll reveal our heart to us so that he can now bring in. Totally. the healing. Totally. And so it was in that, in those encounters with him where I really, really came to entrust yeah. my kids, my life into his care. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's, I have walked in that principle for many yeah. years now.
1: I, I love hearing how, whether it's that toddler years we were talking about before Mm -hmm. or these crazy darker teenage years god was using what was going on with your children me and my sisters Mm -hmm. to actually reveal things of himself to you totally um you know then we come into uh early 2000 um my walk with the Lord is restored. Rachel starts walking with the Lord. Jenny's gone off to, you know, pursue missions with YWAM. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're watching your kids, you know, in that stage of life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, particularly, obviously, Rachel and I were the ones who made the not-so-great choice in the teenage years, being restored in their walk with God. What was going on in your your heart and uh, in that season as the rest you were seeing the restoration?
2: Well, it was pure joy. Yeah. I mean, about a year before uh you and Rachel, like like I said, you guys were really you walked fairly parallel to each other. Yeah. Um so he also he gave me signs that when I would see this or see that, it would mean that you guys were coming back to the Lord. And so to watch that unfold was it it just became like a game. I yeah, was yeah. like just Watching for it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I wish
1: you guys could see my mom's face as she says <laughs> that. I know it's just audio recording, but you can see the joy uh, on her face of you know reliving that, yeah. seeing that God's hand had been on us and He was totally. really showing up and faithful. Yeah,
2: it was very. And sorry sweet. to interrupt, but I it just, doesn't mean there haven't been moments of burden. Yeah. I mean, even being in YWAM and going off to missions, there were times I was on my face just. Praying for you, for your safety, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, it doesn't stop. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you've said earlier today, privately to me, uh, I'm still a mom. Yeah, yeah. But I'm a mom of adults.
1: Yeah, tell us, tell us about that. Tell us about then the the next kind of phase of parenting yeah. of releasing your kids out to the big wide world. Yeah,
2: uh, trusting that you know they were finding a spouse that the Lord uh intended for them. Yeah. And and all three of uh as you know, all three of you married non Canadians. So right. it was like we hardly knew these people that you were marrying outside yeah. of your wife. Dad knew her pretty well. Yeah. And uh anyway, so it's that trusting, it's that they're journeying, they're way overseas. Like mm. it's not like you know, oh Mom, I have a headache. But by then, uh, by then, there were calls like just pray. And Rachel told me that she just loved it when I would pray in the spirit over her. Mm-hmm. Do that with your little ones, mm. get them used to praying that way. Right. Pray your prayers around them, yep. e- encounter Christ with them. Yes. We don't need to always go. I mean, there's private moments with the Lord, of course, but, but you know, worship Him in front of them. Bring them into it. Dance with them and rejoice in Him. And then they eventually, even in their dark days, Rachel would get sick and she'd be like, just pray in tongues for me, Mom. Mm. It always feels so good. So I would do that, there you know. Uh, anyway, so just encounter them with that. Now, when it came to adult years, then... Yeah, there's still lots of prayers, and uh, I I laugh because it's really actually only in probably the past year, yeah. where it's really hit me that my kids are like full grown adults.
1: I'm still coming to grips with that,
2: <laughs> you know. And they've got these children that I'm not raising. I play a part in their life, right. but I'm not raising. And it was. Uh, I jokingly uh, said, "Now I have to entrust my grandchildren to Jesus mm-hmm. and to their to my kids. Their parents. <laughs> it's like I have to trust that my kids are yeah. now walking in the things of the Spirit yeah. and will have insight into their child's heart, because every child has a key to yeah. their heart. Yeah. Every child is individual, and He entrusts parents." With that heart. Mm, mm, And mm. the goal is to form Christ in them, is to lead them into a personal relationship Mm. with them. And some kids, they'll do that a few times in a row. Right, Right. But as they weigh it all out, they might change, you know. Mm. And uh, like Jenny, she said to me, Mom, am I really saved? Because she gave her heart to him when she was three. And so when she was about 10, she said, am I really saved? Because, you know, I was so little. I said, well, you gave your life to the Lord as a three-year-old. And now you're 10 and you're wondering Mm. if you're really saved. And that's just because Jesus is saying, will you still follow me? And so now you give your heart to him as a Mm 10-year-old. And I said, he will do that for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. We always come into seasons of... Now will I follow him? When Mm -hmm. I'm in this hard place, will Mm -hmm. I follow him? He's led me through dark things. Will I still follow him? And he's always beckoning us Mm -hmm. to follow him. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing. Like, just bring your kids into relationship. That's what we're, as parents, called to do. Entrust them into the Spirit's care. Know that he gives wisdom to anyone who asks for it. So if you're lacking understanding what to do, mm. there's no problem sitting there with your kid having a tantrum saying, God, I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What should I do?
1: We opened up talking about how God has revealed himself to you through this journey of parenting. Could you share with us some maybe attributes about him that come to mind um, as you reflect on that journey of parenting that you've walked on, what are some things about him that, that he's revealed to you?
2: Well, the fruit of the Spirit. But the ones that really hit me when I look back on things like that is his intense love, mm. never-ending love. Right. He, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't care if I have a temper tantrum.
1: Yeah,
2: his love for me is secure. Right. I can't say or do anything that would make him not love me. The other quality of him that I so admire when I compare my life to what I know of him is his patience. Mm. Uh, his patience is uh, a marvel to me. Yeah. Long suffering. Good, and uh, but I think the thing that he's put into me, in regards to him, would be this intense confidence.
1: Come on, it's so good—an
2: intense confidence uh, that he has me. Mm. He has my life. And uh he won't ever leave come on,
1: so there you have it people uh revelation of the nature of God, the love of God, the patience of God, the faithfulness of God that we can have confidence in yeah. through the journey of parenthood
2: confidence for every aspect of our life
1: cool, cool well why don't we why don't we wrap up just with you uh you praying for anybody listening sure. who, is, uh, who can relate with some of what they've been hearing today.
2: Father, I thank you that you see it all. Lord, you know each parent, you know each child, you know each family. Lord, you have a plan for each one. And it's our role, Lord, just to walk with you, to lead our children into that place of truth, to stay connected. And I ask for that incredible gift for those who would listen to this. Father, that you would just bring families in a tight place that would walk through any trial that comes their way. I ask for your wisdom to be poured out over the listener, that even now you would speak into their hearts, Lord, giving keys to their situations, keys to their kids, keys to their own heart, their spouse's heart. Father God, that your spirit would be so alive and well within our homes, that we would all be writing the testimony of your goodness in our lives. I pray in Jesus' name for life. Amen.
1: Amen. It's been fun and a privilege. I honestly consider it an honor to sit here with you, my mom, and talk <laughs> about these things and get to share it with people. So thanks for doing this with us.
2: You're more than welcome.
0: Wow, I could just hear Lorraine's heart as a mother come through that interview. I loved hearing about what it looked like to walk through those years with Jesus. Totally. I really appreciated being able to just
1: hear um, really those particular aspects of his faithfulness that she experienced, that she saw, and the way he showed her things about
0: herself in that journey as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not a a parent yet, as you know, but there's something just about walking through life with Jesus or this idea that gets thrown around, the practice of the presence of God, Brother Lawrence, of just being with him through the moments. This is something that uh, is, of course, very relevant to parents um, or to everyone, but just to believe that I'm not alone in this, that there is wisdom, there is comfort, there is strength, there's insight that I can draw on just by turning to God. And she really exemplified that through her life as a mother. Yeah, I I was joking with her that
1: maybe we could have titled it the uh, Mystic Parent uh, (laughs) because, you know, there's just such this overlap in her journey of the way she has this relationship with the Holy Spirit right in the midst of everyday stuff and uh, find that really rich to listen to. And to be honest, I'm very grateful and proud to have the mom that I do. It was a real privilege to sit and share that conversation. What was uh, your favorite part of of what she shared? You know, the big thing that jumped out at me, I would have to say is the faithfulness of God. Yeah. So it's not a particular story within, you know, the arc that we heard there. Um, But the big piece is clearly God is faithful. Yeah. And that's my big takeaway. He wants you to encounter Him right in any stage of life. And I hope you guys heard that today.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us on another episode of Everyday Impact. And we hope you guys were encouraged and blessed. Uh, You can find us online at lifetree.ca. And also subscribe. Share this podcast. If you're encouraged, if you're getting some inspiration out of this, uh, just pray and ask Holy Spirit. Who's someone that would be blessed by this episode or by another episode that we've shared so far? We bless you guys and thank you for joining us on this journey together. Have a great week.